on my Harlem niggas, my BK niggas. Back up town, baby, Lennox Ave. My foyer's on Broadway all day. Yeah, we back. Episode 15 of the Talk Nice Podcast. This is your boy, Bezo. I got my main man, D, with me. D, what's going on, boy? What up, y'all? Y'all know who it is. It's your main man, D. Mr. Party Poppin'. Even when the party ain't poppin', what's up? We're gonna have a good time tonight. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very good week this week for me, for my man, D. Definitely about to get started. NBA, um, parody for the most part when you look past the first four teams. And then you had um, a bunch of bullshit going on in Phoenix. Um, they coming off the finals run last season and here we go with the racism and misogynistic uh, shit going on with the owner, Robert Sarver. Uh, we got the reports out from one of the uh, former coaches, Earl Watson, saying he was talking to the owner and the owner sat there and said, um, why does Draymond Green get to say the N-word? Um, why can't we say it? Earl Watson told him, you can't say that. He was like, why not? Draymond Green gets to run up the court and say the N-word. So, they went from that to um, LaMarcus Aldridge getting recruited and they talking about getting strippers and prostitutes for them and different things like that. A whole bunch of nonsense going on out there in Phoenix. Boy, I don't understand. Like, it's it's funny, but it's not funny. And it's funny because when he said that, I was online and they threw up the um, image of the No Jumper podcast um, interview with, with a, um, a jump off and she was talking about how she had the whole Phoenix Suns team in the hotel uh, running the train on her. So it's kind of <laughs> like, I wonder if she's on the payroll <laughs> for recruiting, which is crazy. Uh, man, so definitely want to start with that. Get your thoughts on that um, and talk about that for a little bit. You heard? Well, man, yo, the Phoenix Suns, man, White privilege at its finest, bro. White privilege at its finest. That's what this is all about, right? White privilege. And they just feel like they can just do and say whatever they want. My whole thing is the conversation he had with Earl Watson was totally out of bounds. If you don't know by now, white man, Mr. White Man, Mr. Billionaire, that you're not allowed to say the N-word. I don't give a fuck if Greenmont Green writes the shit across his chest. You can't read it off his chest, nigger. We can call you that, but you can't say it. That's just the way the world goes, man. This is kind of funny. Like, why would you even want to say the word, say that word if you know what your people did to our people? Not even long ago, you know. You really look at it in sense of time. Like, why would you even want to say that? I just think that's the fact of of it being white privilege. But when it comes down to the whole recruiting, man, I I never been a, a top star athlete a top star recruit in anything. But the whole stripper stuff, that's like part of the fraternity. I keep it real. Like, I know it's a big shock to some people. They're like, oh, he wanted to get strippers for LaMarcus Aldridge. Ask LaMarcus Aldridge how his college recruit went. I'm, I'm sure it took him to a nice college party, 18 and over. He got introduced to some females at Texas. That's where he wound up going. I didn't say anything happened. But it, it's been it's been occupied. It's been around. I'm not really really in awe about the whole get him some strippers and the the whole back. Like you said, when they had the whole scenario where they said 
uh, a jump or put up that she was in the hotel with a whole bunch of Phoenix Suns players. I'm sure if, if the Wolves can talk, that jump off probably, that jump off of someone similar has been in every locker room in the NBA. So I, I don't, I'm not really the shock of that. I know that's how the game goes. I know that's how recruitment goes. You do whatever you can to get a guy. We've seen those movies and we've seen those, uh, shows where they portray how, uh, athletes being recruited. You know, like, um, what was that? Mark McGuire. Wasn't that the one on HBO? That show uh, about the agent. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. I said Mark Maguire. That was the baseball player who took steroids. What up, Mark Maguire, though? I hope you're doing well. But anyway, yeah, but Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. So, we should, so I'm not shocked about that whole thing. But the whole thing, I'm questioning why he can't say nigger. Nigger. Your white privilege could go but so far. And, I, and shout out to Earl Watson for bringing that shit to light. You know, bringing to light that, you know, it's not just one racist owner. Remember the whole Clippers thing and and the mm-hmm. owner and everything. Everybody's in uproar. But if you notice, all the other owners were not ready to kick him out. They only was wanting to kick him out when they saw they was about to lose the bottom line. You know, so that just shows me that there's a whole bunch of racist white owners. All you guys playing for racist. Most of you guys are playing for. I'm not gonna say all because I want to play everybody in the same box. But most of the NBA owners are racist. Is that they all not getting caught out there saying something stupid or doing something stupid and they're able to hide it. Everybody has a racist white, has a racist owner almost. So with that being but said, like I said, is, this is like, but that is, see, but you see, it's not just the, it's not just the recruiting thing. It's, it's the, um, the method behind it and, and the, and the message he was trying to, he was trying to say, get these girls to sleep with them and then they can have families in the area. To keep them tied to the organization, uh, in that, in that particular, uh, format. And then even without, even outside of the racist situation, misogynistic situations where it was two, um, women who came out and said it was so toxic and so crazy. They, they contemplated committing suicide, um, between, uh, with that. And then when we, I just, when I just looked it up, cause, I know we was going to touch on it. His wife is sending um, emails to current employees there, um, threatening them. So it's a whole bunch of nonsense going. And it's like that whole, and we talked about this previous episodes when it's like that old guard of owners, they 70, 65, 70. They come from that era. They come from that era of looking at us. Uh, and when I say us, black people, like, you know, we, uh, property. So that, that mentality don't leave as much as they want to sit there and say, you know, it's, it's diversity. I hire black coaches. I hire black, um, massage therapists, X, Y, and Z. Um, but they don't hire no white executives to make phone, to, to make them calls for the most part. It's all everybody look like me and everybody got the same mentality as me because they come from old money. And when you come from old money, you come from a, a racist, misogynistic standpoint where the only thing that moves is rich white men and anything else got to get in line and get underneath. And, uh, you know, that's what is really, to me, is the overall um, theme of everything. It's not just the racism, racism, which is usually swept under the rug until you get the misogynistic or you get the other um, istics that come out to uh, be coupled with it because they don't give a fuck about us. If it was just racist, they would have he would apologize. They would have kept moving and it would have been over with. 
But when you get these other things going in there and that's when you get the white women to to be in the forefront is when everything starts to come to a boil and now I got to be in an investigation. So, I mean... Well, this is my point, though. Why why do you think there's an investigation? That's what I'm saying. It's not the comments. It's, it's going to mess with the bottom line. Because, it's, it's, like I said, majority of these owners think just like him is that the majority of these owners mm-hmm. didn't get caught or the majority of these owners didn't... You know, fumble the fumble the bag. Basically, they ain't fumbling the bag. He's fumbling the bag. This got out. Now this is an uproar. This is gonna mess with the bottom line. So we got to do something. What's there to investigate? That's what I'm saying. What they investigate? The reason why the story is out there because it's basically it's true, right? Whoever put the yeah, story out there, dot their eyes, cross their t's, and I'm gonna go with 85 percent of it is true. So the reason for the investigation is how much money are we really gonna lose if we don't do anything? If they figure out that we're not going to lose that much money, my man going to put an apology out next month. The NBA players are going to, the black NBA players are going to play basketball. They're going to finish supporting their family. What we need to do is, like you said, we need to start making new money. And the way we can make new money, somebody got to be a risk taker. And when I say being a risk taker, we got to bring back the days of when we had the Negro leads. And we got to do it probably for every sport. If we don't branch off somehow and try to form our own, we're always going to be under this we're always going to be in the same situation when it comes to these owners with this property. Because at the end of the day, it is a business, and that's what you are, your inventory. So no matter how you look at it, we say, oh, we're more than just basketball players. Yes, you are more than just basketball players. They're more than just athletes, football, baseball, every sport. They're more than that, right? But who are you more than that to? Yeah. I used to always have a saying, people like, yo, that girl's that guy's girl. But to that guy, to some other guy, that girl's a hoe, right? No matter no matter what. And so, too, and when I say a hoe, I'm just saying they're a tool. And to these owners, these athletes are just a tool. They're a form of revenue. As long as they bring in revenue and and they know they have no other options in terms of making the kind of money that they make, they're going to think of them as just tools. So the only way you can break this curse, if you want to call it a curse, is that somebody has to be a risk taker. Shout out to Ice Cube. Shout out to all people that's part of the big three who are trying. That's, that's, a, that's a step in the right direction. It's black owned. You know, and they're trying to form their own form of income. Maybe when LeBron James is, he's probably going to be our first, like, active billionaire basketball player. Active owner. I think yeah, he'll be an owner. I think he's going to own a saying, team once, all, once yeah, it's all said and but, done. But that's what I'm saying. But even if he own a team, if you own it under the NBA umbrella, under the NBA umbrella, most likely he's not going to be the richest owner. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's still a, you're still a minority in a majority world, you know? Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, people don't understand. Like, LeBron's going to have enough money to own a team, but in that NBA world, he's still a small fish in a big-ass pond. Yeah. So for, for, for him starts, to really make it. got to start with somebody. No, but I, it can't. I, but this is my thing. Hold on one second. Hold on one second, B. Hold on one second. For me, yeah, it do got to start somewhere. But you can't start in the NBA. You got to do like, you got to do like Ice Cube and form your own league and try to branch out from there. If you try to come in under the NBA, you can't take over something where it's only one of you. You're not going to be able to take over. Yes, you're going to show that I can own a team, but it's never going to be to a point if you're under the NBA umbrella where it's 32 teams, and even if you got 10 black NBA owners, I don't think it's ever going to get to that point. I think the only way you ever get to a point where it's majority black owned is if you start from scratch, start from the bottom. Not, not if you go and just buying an NBA team, the way the NBA teams are bought and sold, he's LeBron is never going to own a team as a majority. He's never, he's never. It's not, it's not. It's so much money. It's too much money, you know. Like, and 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 they're going to make it hard for him too at that. Right now, I don't understand the process of owning a team, but I'm sure it's about how much assets you own, 
how much liquidation, I mean, how much assets you own and how much physical cash you own. See, people look at billionaires and all that and don't understand most of the time when it comes to this money, it's not even real money. It's all about what you have in your portfolio. So I'm sure like when we go buy stuff and you yeah. sign up for these franchise, like a McDonald's or anything to own, they ask you how much actual cash do you have? How much actual cash can you touch? Not how much you're worth, not how much you got in stocks and bonds, how much actual liquid cash do you have? And that's something I think we don't know what LeBron has. We know that he's supposed to be a billionaire or close to it, but we don't know how much actual liquid cash he has. So when it comes to owning, I think the way we could break this curse is that someone got to start from the ground on up. It can't be, oh, I'm going to buy a team in the NBA and I'm going to save the world. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that. I just, like you said, I think it's going to be a step in the right direction. It's going to, uh, you're going to make progress. It's better than where we started, but it's not going to help to where I think we need to be as people. I just wanted to say that. Go ahead. Yeah, but to, to me, the NBA is too much of a juggernaut and you're not like as much as I want to sit there and say, you know what? Get, uh, Brown, Mellow, Wade, CP3, all these guys when they retire to start up and, you know, put their capital together and start it. It ain't going to work. The NBA is a juggernaut. It's like the only game in town. And it's, and even if you, the three on three is cool because it's three on three. It's not, and the NBA is like, they're not really taking no money out of our pocket. It's for older players, players, you know, that was on the fringe that was overseas, whatever the case is, the showcase. And that's cool. You're not going to be, you're not taking away, you're not, kids been looking at the NBA since forever. To sit there and say this is where I this is the pinnacle of what I'm trying to get to. So in my mind, I'm like, even if you get one, it's a step in the right direction because you need you need it to look different. You need it to look different. You need people in those one meetings. Question. You need people so, that's in those meetings. Yeah, go ahead. So what is Michael Jordan then? He's a he's a majority owner. He's black. What is Michael Jordan then? What are the Hornets? Nothing. That's what Michael I'm saying. Jordan that's my point. One. That's my point. But you're looking at a guy. But you're looking at a guy that you're looking at a guy like Mike. Mike Ben. He Mike was never one to rock the boat unless it was only for him. Like I love Michael Jordan as a player, as a person, as a businessman, as anything other than being on the court. I never looked at Mike and thought, you know what, I'm gonna follow in his footsteps or he doing he moving in the right direction. I've never I've never looked at him like that because Michael Jordan is a brand. It's no longer where he's like, I can step away from what I was or who I am or what I represent and, and, and buck the system. It's I'm still stay in step because that's who he's always been. I've never he's never been one to go against the grain. I look now and I see in this and in, in our generation, generations after us, LeBron has been that guy to a certain extent where it's something different. I'm going to speak up on certain things without somebody having to nudge me. Or, you know, you have Melo. Melo's another guy who, who has businesses outside of basketball where you can generate money. And it's time to start coming together and say, listen, you know, there's 31 other Robert Sarvers or 30 other Robert Sarvers in the NBA of some sort because they all old. There's no other than Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban had his own stuff down here in Dallas with um, sexual harassment issues that he tried to say he didn't know about the different things of that nature. But every owner has either done something or said something that if it came to light, it would be a problem because it's inherent in them to be that way because they were raised that way from their parents. You know, whether you, whether they liked it or not, there's, in, there's inherent racism, bias, 
and this, that, and the third of also, you don't have the money I have, so I treat you differently. And you don't look like me, so I treat you differently. So getting a LeBron, if that's what he wants to do when he retires, to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to be a majority owner, and then I'm going to get these other guys that all came up, the banana boat crew, to come up and do the same thing. Look at Wade. Wade has a minority stake in the Utah Jazz. That's big because you really don't associate black people with Utah unless they're on the basketball court. So that's a big thing. And how he got his son to bypass college and is now in the G League and different things. And I want to see different – I want to see it continue like that. I want to see him start implementing other minorities there and see if he can, you know, continue to buy up stake in the team. And that would be a flip to have a black person, a majority owner of the Utah Jazz. We all know the history of the Utah Jazz. We know Utah. It's Mormons, and there ain't too many black people there. And we know how they treat us because you've heard the stories when uh, minorities go in in there. But it's just something where I'm sitting and I'm saying I've heard the story from about these owners. But now what do we do? We just give them a fine. They investigate. They're going to find them. He not, they're not going to. They're not going to make them sell a team. And if you do, you going to who are we going to sell it to? Are you going to sell it to another white man? Or it's time to start pulling money together and getting some of these black rich people, wealthy people, excuse me, to start investing in some of these things. Or it's just going to continue to happen. It's going to, these stories are going to continue to come out. You know, even with the Knicks, with James Dolan, he does, he does, he does his stuff. And different owners always, you know, it's whispers here and there. But it's just something where I'm like, it's time to wake up and, you know, for a sport that's 85% African-American and players-wise, it's time to start putting that shade on the executive and the owner side as well. I'm not sure when or how long it's going to take, but it's definitely something that needs to happen, in my opinion. It definitely needs to happen. We need FUBU for us, by us. I'm pro-black right now. White privilege. Too much white privilege. That's all that's this. White privilege, man. And like I said, I think the only way you can stop white privilege is we got to separate ourselves from and show that we don't need them. Because at the end of the day, you have three black owners, four black owners, still going to be a white man's word <coughs> in that league. So so only way that I think that, that changes is we, we start our own. And it takes someone to take a risk. It's, it, someone has to be a risk taker. Other than that, like you said, yeah. you know, if you get two NBA teams that's owned by black people, okay, I think they'll let us have that. I think they'll let us have two out of 32 because then when they set the boardroom tables and they got to make collecting bargain agreements and they got to do certain things, we still going to be outnumbered. They wouldn't be, bold, they wouldn't be emboldened to say some of the things I know is being said behind them. Doors uh, only white people know, in it. Guess what? You know how do you get ownership, right? The owners vote. You don't just, you can't just buy a yeah. team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I so, at, at the end of the day, they're going to control how many black people come in the circle. So if the black people start balking back, what's that going to happen? I mean, no other black person is going to be allowed back in the league. They, they're going to find a make, way. Then you got to make noise about that. You got to make noise. You can't just have them, you can't just sit there and say, well, they keep turning us down. We got the bread. We got the bread. What we're talking about, we, our resume is impeccable. Look, our that, credit is good. And, and what we doing? Like you're telling us you, no because we black. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, so then, and quietly, you, quietly, that's why we don't have no black owners because they're telling them no because they're black. They're, they're telling, or they got to join, or one black person is allowed to join a group, right? So they say you do have black owners. He's part of this group. He's, she's part of this group. But to have a, a team full of black owners, 
on one year, I think we'll get one team in the near future. But you get a majority, I definitely think, the only way you can get, make NBA black ownership, NBA teams black ownership if you start your own NBA. And that's the only way. Because yeah. they got to vote on you. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people with money. There's a lot of people with good credit. There's a lot of people. Remember, the, the, the white people have an offspring. All right. We need people with money. All right, my son Sammy. I mean, I mean we're going to use his trust fund. You know? So, mm. man, it's just white privilege or where wives threatening people. How is wife threatening you? I smack her. <laughs> Imagine getting an email from my wife, his wife. You better not say nothing. But they but they know. They know they know who they can send that to because they know who 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 is scared to lose their job or dependent on that, that money coming in every two weeks or every week, however it goes, however they get paid. I don't know if it's the first or fifteenth like um like NBA plays or however it goes. But they scared to lose that money. That bread got them living a certain type of way. So they know I don't want cross. Basically, I don't want cross master or master wife. So let me shut up and put my head down. And they, it's time to stop doing that. It's time to it's time to step up. It's time to speak up. And I'm glad all these people are speaking up on this situation. That they had this was, I think, leaked maybe I want to say three weeks ago that it was coming. And the Suns tried to get ahead of it and say it was false. And, you know, and whatever you about to read is not not true. And Earl Watson blew that right on up. As soon as the county said, yeah, nah, we're not, we not going to lie. These things happen. These things continue to happen. And and that's 17 years of, of – I know he's been doing this since day one. So that's like 17 years of hostile work environment, which is crazy, especially they got a black head coach now and – you know, and the GM is a for is a black is a uh, former um, African American player um, that they got for the Suns. So now I'm looking at that like, is that something where you was trying to throw the wool over people's eyes and say, look, look, we got a black coach, we got a black GM, we we moving forward with diversity, and then behind the scenes, you calling people niggers with the hard ER and <laughs> nigger <laughs> and shit like that. Why well, I can't so say like, it? You know. Yeah, like you played the game well. Like you was really masking shit up for a minute there. So I'm like, you know. So what do the but, GM and the, and the coach do as black men? Do you stay because you need to feed your family, or do you take a risk? You know what I'm saying? How about well, nothing happens to the owner? Nothing happens. He gets a slap on the wrist. They just, what do you I mean? They, what do you do? They gonna sit there? I don't, to me, I would. I'm, I can't coach under something like that. I can't coach under that scrutiny, but. The coach, um, Monty Williams, he did come out and he said, you know, none of that has happened while it was while he was there. <laughs> and if he did, then he would, yeah, that was, you know, he came out with the normal. It wasn't in yeah, I'm not here, I, listen, he came out with the normal none of my business, basically. Yes. But. and that's what I mean by take a risk. Uh, if this is true or he finds out it is to be true, but you sit there in that environment because it pays your bills, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's easy for it to say. What a you know a black person should do in this situation, but when it comes to money and feeding your family, are you willing to be a risk taker? And that's the only way this is going to change if we get a risk taker. And that's what I'm saying. And Monty Wynn showed you, I'm not that one. <laughs> if he said it, as he didn't say it to me, we I'm a I'm a keep pushing. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. So it's yeah, like I'm good. at the end of the day, only way this is ever going to change. And, and forget this about owning the team. It's just about people standing up in general. You gotta be a risk taker. 
You got to be willing to take. And that's why I say, like, people don't understand how big Kaepernick, no one to get off topic, but how big Kaepernick was, you know, how 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 big that was. He yeah. took a big risk and he lost it all. And you see, that's what I'm trying to say. When we're on, when, when you work for a company and they're part of a group that's majority owned by a bunch of racist people, bro, and you're the only one willing to stand up, they're going to get rid of you. Kaepernick is, everybody was with Kaepernick until it came down to money. And they start throwing things out there, all right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's get Jay Z to help us with the Super Bowl. This shit is the mad stuff up, and it takes a risk. That's what I'm saying. It takes a risk. It takes a risk to say no. I'm not doing it, and mean it. Everybody meant it when it first started. No, we're not playing. Uh, no nigga said, all right, here, here's an extra million dollars to this program. Here's an extra million dollars to that program. I right, everybody can get off your knee and let's go play football. And what happened? Majority got off their knee and went to go play football because it was damaging their bottom line and they got to take care of their family. They got to fend for themselves. So at the end of the day, for anything for this to change, and people don't understand when you start looking back at history, I'm talking about from the Malcolm X's of the world, Martin Luther King, to the cabinets, what type of risk it takes to be a true leader, a true leader for our people. It means willing to risk it all, meaning that you're going to lose everything you ever worked for and in hopes of making this place better for the future. And it's not that many. It's not that many. And it's going to take more than just one NBA owner or two NBA owners. It's going to be people that, we're going to need some real, real warriors who's willing to risk it all. And I mean risk, I mean miss, risk being rich, risk being famous, knowing that you could be blackballed, you know, just to help the one. And I don't, and right now it's hard to find any one of those. And I hope one day God breeds one of them. And he or she comes and, and sets a trail that changes the way, you know, NBA owners now think and NFL owners think and hockey owners think. Cause all these owners are majority white and all these owners come from bad blood, in my opinion. And all these owners, not, I'm gonna stop saying all, but most of these owners, 99.9% are racist in some terms, some yeah. form or fashion. It's and they probably sometimes don't even know it. Definitely. And they, they probably don't even know it, but with their racism or they make comments that, are inappropriate, and we got black people who do hear them, and they don't say nothing. They say something 12 years later. And that, that's what I mean, like, no disrespect to, to Earl, and that's what I'm saying. No disrespect to Earl, because it takes a lot of courage to bring it up, but when he first heard this, why we didn't make this news? Why why wasn't this not news? Because it would have messed up his bottom line, or whoever bottom line it was at the time. So, this is like, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take a lot for us to get to where we need to be. And it starts with people being risk takers and warriors. So that's my whole spell on that yeah. and my whole uh, for power to the people, Black Panther movement. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, you know, we on that uh, white privilege uh, moniker looking at uh, last couple of days to switch it up and move from one sport to the next uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers lied about being vaccinated in front of everybody. <laughs> And then yeah, play, caught COVID, caught COVID. Um, and I'm looking at the coverage from these analysts on TV, specifically uh, Stephen A. Smith, who Jay Williams called out about it as well, and how it's like it's a slap on the wrist. Like when it was Kyrie with the NBA and he, you know, and he basically didn't play wasn't around people, you know, stayed where he was supposed to, followed the protocols and just said, I'm not getting vaccinated. They called him dumb. They called him stupid. They, he, he needs to retire. He don't love the game, X, Y, and Z. And Rogers stood up at the podium. They asked him straight up, was you vaccinated? 
he came with some bullshit. I'm immunized. I'm immunized. A play on words. Uh, went out there and pretty much exposed people um, to, you know, contracting the virus because he wasn't vaccinated. And now they sitting there saying, oh, it's okay. And, you know, making excuses. And this is another thing of white privilege where white people get to do the same shit that we do. And they don't get the same scrutiny. They don't get the same back blow, same backlash, however you want to call it. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what he did, what championship he won, how great he is. If he lied and he sat there and y'all, y'all, y'all want to go on either side of this whole vaccination shit and y'all was, you know, demonizing Kyrie for the shit, but y'all got a bunch of excuses for Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at it like, yo, Yo, he needs to be put to the fucking fire just like everybody else. And why is it not happening? Like this, that, this is just crazy. Like, you know, dude has been, and then to look at it, he's really been an asshole to the organization for years. So it ain't like this is his first go round of doing something out of the ordinary or being a, a thorn in somebody's side. And they still just say, well, you know, as great as he is, he he can get. It's like giving him a fucking pass, and I'm like, well, what's going on here, man? Yeah, no, it is white privilege, like we said, but this one is truly too. Everybody in that organization is fucked up. Everybody looking at Aaron Rodgers. That organization knew he wasn't vaccinated. That organization knew knew that he was he he could uh, possibly be spreading whatever he got around. They still let him go out there to the post. Remember, and that's the thing about the NFL. He didn't need to be vaccinated to play. He didn't need to. He could have said, no, I'm not vaccinated. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not taking no need to my, he could have put, he could have took the Kyrie way and, and been held accountable. And that still wouldn't happen to him because in the NFL, you didn't have to be vaccinated. You just had to follow the protocol, meaning like you, you had to do Zoom interviews. You had to do, uh, when you're in a practice facility, you always got to wear a mask. And yeah. you know, my man wasn't doing nothing. And the point that Green Bay let him walk around doing nothing. And this is what I think it is. When it comes to a white athlete, they say, oh, there can only be one Aaron Rodgers. But when it comes to Kyrie, it's like, oh, he's black. There's another Kyrie out there. So we really don't need him. Like, 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 fuck him. Like, we got a, we got a, we got a KD and we got a, and we got a James Harden. So we really don't need Kyrie Bond. Mm-hmm. As you saw, oh shit, we only got one Aaron Rodgers. If he, if he don't play, we got a fucking wrong with this kid named, uh, Love. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they feel like mm-hmm. no, but they feel like, and when it comes to white athletes, or even white people in general, like there's only one of a million. But when it comes to us doing something, oh, we can make another black athlete, we can make another Kyrie. So, so we're gonna flame. And then I hate to put it like this, yo, bro. I don't know what I mean by risk takers. Stephen A. Fucking only care about his bottom line, bro. And the bottom lines mean that he's gonna make more money bashing Kyrie. He's gonna do that. Because if he would have bashed Aaron Rodgers. And worst case scenario, and they would have went too far. They would have told him it's too far. Shut the fuck up, Stephen A. Stephen A. Would have shut the fuck up. You know he's a puppet. And at the end of the day, can I blame him for being a puppet? The man's the highest paid. You know what I mean? Where does his where does his obligations lie? And someone showed a great video of him when he made the statement that his job to him is to make sure his bosses make money. So so I guess he does whatever he feels the boss was ever gonna make the boss money. So in his heart, he feels like. If I bash Aaron Rodgers, that's not gonna really help the show. But if I bash Kyrie, I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the money. I'm gonna make more money for myself. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean by the risk takers. Like people have their own hidden agendas, want to do what they want. And once again, or Aaron Rodgers gets a fine, 
He's going to play next Sunday. He probably wins the game. No one's going to talk about it. He's going to go into the playoffs, probably beat the Cowboys by 40. And then, you know, then he's a hometown hero again. And no one's ever going to mention that. My man stood up here <laughs> and tried to lie to everybody that he was vaccinated and played the media for fools, you know? But if, if that would have yeah. been – that would have been Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, or any one of them set up they and play the media like that. Was, first of all, if it was no, Lamar no, Jackson, they'd have thrown him under the fucking bus immediately, no, no, about and that's it. the problem. Yeah, but forget about that. This is what makes me mad. Forget about the white men. We know they're going to betray us bad. The people like Stephen A. Smith, that's what I'm trying to say. Where does your loyalty lie? Are you only here when you think you think you was only here on this put on this earth to just make money? You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you going to, yeah. you know, this was like, yo, if I'm gonna do to my like, I would respect any journal. You kill everybody. Like it's even down the line. To me, at the end of the day, maybe he doesn't make eight million dollars, Stephen A. Maybe he doesn't become the highest paid journalist, but he's still gonna get paid enough money to live, and because he does a good but job. That's, moral, that's yeah. morals, values, and integrity, which is out the window once they put a ten million dollar check in your face, and it makes us. This is where the hypocrisy comes in, and then that gives that emboldens the white counterparts that do the same thing Stephen A. Smith does to sit there and piggyback off it and say, oh, the black analyst, he didn't go hard on Aaron Rodgers, but he went hard on Kyrie. Then I can do the same thing. I can have the same energy because the black man didn't start off saying anything. So I don't really got to jump in here. Even if they feel like that, they can sit there mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I can take my foot off the pedal because he ain't say much. And it's you, you are the face Oh, if you people like it or not, Stephen A. Smith is the face of African American journalism when it comes to sports. Because it's just that's just how it is. So it goes how he goes, and people that's the first thing they want to hear. Anytime anything happens, you hear people and I don't understand it, but what does Stephen A. Smith have to say about it? That man, they run that man like a goddamn slave at ESPN for every fucking thing. It could be three in the morning, they waking his ass up. And he on camera to talk about some shit because it's Stephen A. Smith and they know people going to tune in. So with that being said, you should hold that man accountable just like you held Kyrie accountable. And he did worse because he lied and he wasn't following protocols after you lied to people's faces and you put people's life in danger by not walking around with masks. And then he goes on the Pat McAfee show and you saying, oh, I spoke to Joe Rogan, doctor. First of all, you call him Dr. Joe Rogan. Dude is a fucking crap. I don't even stand with the fuck is I would have <laughs> cut the whole interview off. I would have laughed and said, yo, you got to go. We cutting this shit short. No way you call Joe Rogan, Dr. Joe Rogan. <laughs> and then you said, I spoke to some other friends that had COVID and they told me, you know, I, I, I'm going to be all right, but I may have misled the people. Fuck you mean you may have, you lied. There's no I may have. There's no misled is uh is the light form of I'm a liar. Like come on, it's you see all of this and you don't pull it, you don't put him on front street like bro, I don't give a fuck how talented you are. There needs to be a consequence for that. And he's like, Oh, I may not play Sunday. I'm like, I don't need you, I don't really care about all of that other shit. But speak on that man like you speak on the black man that sat there and said. I'm doing this because of the people that, you know, got fired, regardless if you like it or not. But I'm following protocol. I'm just not going to get vaccinated and I'm not going to play because that's what it says. I don't I'm just not going to do that. But he ain't come around here and say, yeah, I'm vaccinated and then running around with his mask off and he talking to people faces and 
and doing this, that, and the third, and being in crowds. It's like, that's just, y'all been talking about this shit forever, and you get a, a prominent white athlete that pretty much says, fuck you, I'm doing what I want to do, and you just let this shit slide. But you, as soon as you get out there, you, you raise your voice, oh, Kyrie's an idiot, he's stupid, he's dumb, just retire. You get on when Aaron Rodgers, that's a bad man. <laughs> I'm like, bro, woo, your energy is all off. And I just don't, I hate to see that. Like, I don't really give a fuck. He lied. That's what, whatever. That He got to deal with that. The Packers got to deal with that. Then they got to find like $300,000 for that, whatever the case is. But I'm like, the hypocrisy that you're showing when you have an audience in front of you and your voice is that much on the forefront, you can't do shit like that, man. And you want to argue with Jay Williams and you trying to make a point about, like, there's no point to be made. You know damn well you should have led with the whole fact he lied loudly and embarrassed him. But it's white privilege, like we've been saying, and that's the theme of the whole show. It's just ridiculous how this goes, man, in this damn country. And it's, yep. it seeps through every day. And then when we have one of our own on their side, they think they're right. You know what I'm saying? They think they know what they're doing is that's right. That's all they, they think need. Right. That's what I'm saying. They only take is one. That's why I said yeah. that's why it's going to take a risk taker. You know? Take, it's going to take a risk taker who's going to be willing to sacrifice it all, who's willing to know that you might not get nothing out of this. You might not even get a thank you, but you're, you're setting a trail. You're, you're blazing the trail. You know, like you said, Stephen A. should have had the same energy for Aaron Rodgers. All these media outlets should have had the same image. I mean, energy, but at the end of the day, I don't expect all these media outlets to have the same energy because what they're owned by, majority white, right? They're not going to make... Mm-hmm. You got to remember, Aaron Rodgers is a hero to them. That's their guy. He's white. He's a winner. All considered to be a winner. They're, they're not going to have the same energy. And that goes with everything in sports, no matter who it is. And we could just take the littlest things like when... When Tom Brady gets fired up on the sideline, he slams his helmet down. Oh, man, he's just have so much passion. When Lamar Jackson does it, oh, my God, he's outraged. He's out of control. He's a sore loser. How dare he? You know? So it's like, man, listen, bro. We damn if we do, damn if we don't. You know, the color of our skin still dictates a lot of things that's expected from us or that is allowed from us. So, man, like, like yeah, I said, man. it's going to take a trail page. I hope God is in the laboratory right now working on him or she or working on the hearts of those individuals that's going to help change society. And, 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 and it's just, it's just sad though. It is sad. It's, it's just sad because I feel bad for Kyrie because I was always on his side. Y'all could check the pocket. I, I would never had an issue, but it just sad. Like you said, how Kyrie was straight up like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm willing to follow protocol and stay away from the team, whatever they want me to do. But I, I don't, and we, and I say we because I'm a podcaster, you're a podcaster, we like it or not, we consider journalists. What's up? I'm a journalist. I like your boy. But nah. But we consider <laughs> we, we we fry him as a group, but then when a man lied, that shit's like crickets because he was white. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't kill nobody. That's because he's white. Like you said, that was anybody else, Cam Newton, old OBJ, uh Lamar Jackson, they lied. They they, they be talking about it right now. That they should probably never play football again because they almost killed the whole team and uh everybody ever came across with, you know. So it's just like we we damn we do damn we don't. Like we said, this episode is all about white privilege. I don't know nothing about it because if you ever meet me, I'm far from white. You know what I mean? I hmm. even got dirty sneakers on today. But you know what I mean? So ain't nothing white on me. But yeah. 
But yeah, so it's all about white protest, man. We need to change that and we need, you know, a voice. We need a voice like Stephen A. Smith to stand up for us. You know, he got the voice. He they got, won't he get got, on. They won't, you know, my they thing won't make about it this fall. They won't make it fall. My, my thing about this too is, man, listen, man, Stephen A., man, you already signed a contract. I, I don't know what the clause says, so I can't really get it, but if there's no clause, if there's no clause in there for stick, using your microphone, using your platform to elevate black people, my brother, do that shit, bro. They raised Sunday for ten million a year, bro. You got the mic. What they gonna do? Fire you because you pro black? Think about it. You well, think about yeah. what kind of uproar you bring if they try to fire you because you want to. You got your ten million dollars. You signed that check. You signed that contract. They got you for ten million a year for whatever number of years, and now you just become pro black. You up there? You up there fighting for the black people? You up there fucking standing toe to toe for Kyrie? You know you could you could disagree to disagree. You can agree to disagree, but you standing up for that brother, man. Imagine how big you are. You're on TV every day, pro-black. No disrespect to Stephen Ed, but he got to understand where people was coming from when people used to say, your Max Kellerman is more black than he is. And that shit yeah. should hurt him. Well. <laughs> and that shit should hurt him. And he should go back and look in the mirror and look at, what the fuck is people trying to say? Because he, he did get upset. He used to get upset. But he got to look in the mirror. Look at what people talking about, bro. You got the you got the contract. The footage, you, you the footage the, is there. You the big the fish, bro. Is there. Now, but now this is what I be saying. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I had these conversations, like, when I be talking, I talk to my wife and I be telling her, I said, we need, I don't understand, like, get get your foot in the door. And once you get your foot in the door and you, like, you get a $10 million check, you should be pro-black for everything. I'm championing anything black come across my desk. If it come across, if they make a mistake, I'm going to hold them to the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold them accountable for mistakes. But I'm championing everything pro-black and I'm holding every white person that do something wrong to the, I'm bringing everything up because they do it with us. Whenever something goes wrong, they lead ESPN sports center is led with anything that happens with a black person. And it's with the law or something illegal. These white people, they get on these steroids. They whipping their wives asses. They damn near kill them. You get a mention three minutes before sports center go off and they don't talk about this shit ever again, but it's every Every other commercial break, it's we coming back to talk about such and such who did this. I'm like, we need people. If you're going to go get the bag and you're going to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to play the game until I get in the game and then I'm going to change. You got to be willing to change it. Like, this is what I was saying. I had this conversation. And I was saying I was looking at the whole Super Bowl shit with, with Jay-Z and Rock Nation. And I'm like, you know, my mind, I'm positively thinking like, Okay, is he is dude trying to get in the door to try to you know put some money together to get a team or or to change the faces there or to, but I'm like all I see you doing is putting bullshit on performances out there and I don't hear nothing else like you know so I'm like who like you said we need that one person or a few people that's gonna sit there and say you know what I played y'all and now I'm in here and I'm controlling shit because. It's nothing y'all can do. I got what I got. I got what I needed, and I came in here to change it. And by the time you figure it out, it's too late. But nobody doing that. They they just sitting there and they turning their face the other way. I ain't hear that. I ain't see that. I, I can't really speak on that because, like, my man, you got ten million dollars. If you say the wrong shit and they fire you, so fucking what? They're lost. You the biggest thing on this damn um on this network. And I know that, like I said, they run his ass to death like he a fucking slave. So I know he the biggest thing on that network. Bro, you can stand up. Like, it's it's enough. You get upset. I'm a black man. I can't. All right, then show that. 
Stop telling yeah. me excuses <laughs> about every time something happens. He, he always, well, it's this side and that. Like, it ain't not. Nah, it ain't no side. Stop doing that. Like, when people see what's going on with you. Like, yep. he should have felt, like you said, when T.O. said that, I'm glad he took offense to it because it was absolutely right. Like, you always got an excuse about something when it comes to black people and they got to toe the line or they got to be all the way perfect. Like, nobody's yeah. perfect. When it yeah, comes no. to white people, y'all sit here, oh, he made a mistake. You can forgive him. He did this before he did that. And, you know, he, he's a good person. They don't say that shit with us. Nope. We get arrested yeah. and they got everything in front of them. They got the whole shit in front of them. Like, come on, man. Yep, I, I got the saying too, man. I when I was younger, my mother used to say, my father used to say, "What y'all do to each other, you better do worse to anybody on the street." Y'all want to fight and argue in the house, and, and when y'all get on that street, you better. That's what Stephen A. got to do. If you want to be tough on blacks, and you want to be really that tough and critical to your own, when it comes to white people, they put to get it worse than what we get. Like you put to hold their ass ten times to the fire, because what you do to us, they shouldn't get no 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 lesser pass. So that's why I think that's what the whole thing about. It's not even about how Stephen A. Smith come at black athletes. It's the fact that he doesn't return the favor when the white athletes come in. Like you the said, he's our people, only yeah. prominent black journalist on TV. And when he gets a chance to say, like you say, he's like, oh, man, I don't know. He's a bad man. Yeah. He's a bad damn yeah, liar. Cool. Come on, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you need to say. But I'm like, because on the other end, you got Shannon Sharp, and he's a, he, he's a character. Of, of, you know, in my opinion, he does a whole lot of parody shit that I'm not really too with the whole uncle and the Hennessy and this, that. Like, I need you to be serious and stand on what you stand on. I've heard him say some things and, you know, but he's his voice is not out there like that. But we need we need we need a, a whole collective of them to really, you know, speak up because you got Stephen A., you got uh, the other coon puppeteer, Sage Steele, who damn near wants to be a white woman. I think she hates the fact that <laughs> her skin is black, in my opinion. Because every, she, everything she say or do is always some F, fuck black people. I'm like, man, you know when you wake up in the morning, you still a black person. Like, at the end of the day, much as you hate us, motherfuckers look at you and say you, you they call you nigga, too, with the hard ER at the end. When you turn your back, like, let's wake up. Yeah, let's wake up and understand that. Like, but he's too many of them, man. It's too many of them to get in there and they don't understand. And then the ones that are, they run off. Like, um, what's the old girl name with the braid that always that had the braids for the last 12 years? That was Jamel, Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill. Like, she says some outlandish and sometimes she, she be going a little bit with the corny shit, but she stood on her square. She talked, you know, and said what she needed to say. They ran her ass right off of Sports Center, right off of ESPN altogether. Ran her right out of there. And like I said, some people, when you get in there and you get your foot, you get both feet in the water. It's time to start swimming with them and become a shark like them. And listen, it's done. I got, I got the upper hand now. I'm here. Like, like he say, we here. When he talk about the Knicks, we here. I'm here. And I'm going to make it known, right? It's, we get the we get a bad rap when it comes to representation. Yeah, we definitely uh, do, man. That's why I said my whole my whole message for this is we need we need some risk takers, man. My whole message to and white you need people that's willing to take risks. You need more Jamel Hills, and you need after Jamel Hill gets pushed away, you need someone to step up and take a place. Like here's another one. Like you're not gonna just get rid of us like that. You're not gonna get rid of our voice. 
We can't. Everybody, yep. no disrespect again, because Stephen A's a black brother, and I used to love Stephen A, man, when he first was in Philly. Shout out to Stephen A, anyway. But no, but I used to love him, man, but it's like sometimes when people get that bag, <laughs> you know, and they, and they, they forget where they come, come from. from. Right? It, it's, yeah. not, it's not about forgetting where you come from. You don't want to lose it. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to go where you came from sometimes. You know, everybody's situation is different. You know, some people never had a, a, a rib, a, a prime steak. You know, and they know the only way they get the prime steak is they stay in this, in this comfort zone. So do they really want to go back and eat noodles and noodles and noodles just to help another black person or another group of people? Some people are not for that. You know, so yeah, that's I mean, only so, us, man. That's only us, no, black that's, people that don't. And, and, it no, is. I, I, I'm not gonna say that's only, only that don't turn only us. Help each other. No, listen, listen. We're the only ones who've been who was enslaved for so many years too. So we have a different mindset. It's always been survival to fit. It's always do for yourself. It started from slavery when they start from when they first started. That's why you have the different types of slaves, right? The different different types of black people. When it was time to get away, it was some people that's like, nah, I'm not leaving massa. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not leaving massa. You know what I mean? So it's just different type of mentality, different types of ways. You know, we're we're so far behind mentally too. That's what I'm saying. Like this, people understand like slavery. I don't want to go into history and all that, but slavery was more than just physical. It was a mental thing too. It was a way of living. It was a way of life. We were growing up. And once you divided us, which they that's what they did. They divided us. You're always gonna have you're always gonna have debates and controversy. You're always gonna have us having to pick a side. You know, white people and most other Ethnic groups, they never had to pick a side. They were all on the same side. Us, we, we, we on different yeah. sides, it seems like. We always on different sides. Do, do I run away from master or do I stay with master? And that's the same thing here, you know? People getting their bread buttered by the master. So do they stay with master or do they leave master? So that's just how I look at that. Yeah. We see, uh-huh. man. Like, I, I just, I, I want us to, I want us to come together as a collective. I, like, I'm tired of seeing, and this goes from trickle down from anything. Like, every time we try to get something together as people, it's always people get jealous. People don't want to lose. Like, sometimes you got to just put faith in it and say, "Listen, we, we, we stronger together than we are separate. Don't let people come in between us. Don't let things like money and money and it's hard because we ain't had." So when you get, you don't want to give it up, and I understand that. But you ain't, it ain't got to be like this because you get you get painted as as a, you get painted a certain way, and people see that. And then when you, like I said, when you got a platform where people tune in every day, just keep it the same way for everybody, man. Like so, and that goes in, you know, yeah. But they, you can, you can. But you come on. Sometimes you got to fall on your sword and say, listen, I'm not I understand what y'all want, but I can't do this. And that goes with what we talked about with Robert Sarver. We talked about the Aaron Rodgers. We talked about white privilege in general with us and hypocrisy. When you see um, us discussing ourselves, our own and discussing others and how lightly we tread when it comes to talking to others and how the vitriol uh, comes out when we talking about ourselves. It's like damn, bro, like, I understand where you at, but you ain't got to talk like that about somebody that looked like you just to sit there and please them motherfuckers in the back waiting to see if you're going to toe the line or not. Yeah, I'm going to come down on us harder because I, and it's always the excuse, I expect more from us. Like, bro, I understand that, but talk to me like you talk to these other motherfuckers that don't look like you. Like, you ain't got to chastise me. 
I'm not your child. You're not my father. Like talk, talk nice. to me like you talk to them. Talk nice. Yeah, basically like the podcast. Talk <laughs> nice to me. Talk nice. Talk politely to me. And it comes across better as it comes across as a hater or somebody that you 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 feel a certain type of way. And that's embarrassing to see that. Because I'm like, the white people don't do that. White people get in trouble. They want to talk about the charities they done did, <laughs> who they done helped. And they, they talk about everything but the, 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 the bullshit that they did. They want to highlight everything else to make sure they keep them in the right light. Do the same shit with us. Like, we ain't all evil. We ain't all bad. We ain't all criminals. Like, people make mistakes. Certain shit you got to, you know, like the Henry Ruggs thing we talked about last week, the DUI. Yeah, you got to. That was stupid. So that's just a human being being stupid. I don't give a what color you are. And you you come down on them hard, just as hard as you would if it was a white person or a black person. But, you know, I hate that whole, well, uh, it's us. It look like me, so I got to come down hard. No, you don't. No, you know, you come down equally as hard as you did on that white man that did the same shit on this black man that looks like you. Matter of fact, give us some more, give us grace because we don't get no damn grace. We got to work hard and we got to, you know how much shit that we done been through? Give us some damn grace. Give us uh, one or two mistakes to make before you you write us off. Maybe quick to yeah. write us off for one time and sit there and say, oh, somebody can take their spot. Yep. Sorry. It's ridiculous. Like, we see we was talking about with the whole celebrating back a couple years ago. Brady throws his helmet down. He's passionate. Des Bryant, when he played for the Cowboys, if he on the sideline and he throws his helmet down or he getting emotional, oh, he's a problem. He, he's he's a cancer. He's a he's a locker room yes. issue. He got to get removed. I'm like, you motherfuckers just said Brady was passionate and that's the leadership they need when he did it. But a black man do it, all of a sudden, he's a, he, he, he the worst thing walking. I'm like, and you allow this white old white man to say this shit, and y'all don't check him immediately, and take up for for somebody that looked like you. You pulled the check. Nah, we're not doing that. Brady did that shit. Y'all called him a leader. Y'all called him passionate. Y'all called him the greatest ever. When Des Bryant or anybody that looked like Des Bryant did it, y'all called him a thug. He needs to be removed. He shouldn't be playing. We can't have that. We're not yeah. doing that. They don't do that. They sit there and agree. Yeah, you're right. He comes from. Uh, <laughs> Uh, feeble beginnings and he had his mother. I'm like, I don't need that back. What are you talking about? They're trying to win. That's it. Same shit that Brady doing. I don't give a fuck about his background. He's trying to win. But, you know, it's going to continue and unfortunately we'll probably be back talking about this again. Uh, another episode down the line because I'm pretty sure somebody going to do something stupid uh, one way or another in one of these sports. Um, but, but definitely appreciated this conversation. It was needed. Um, you know, we'll get back to uh sports and in these uh games and stuff next next episode. Um, but definitely appreciate your thoughts and your input on this one, D for yeah, this episode, this, man. This is a this is a great this is a great episode and I saw what you did there too. That was this was a great topic you picked. Can we get to talk about them sorry ass cowboys? But that's good. We leave it at that. That nigga, the nigga said, "Yo, whoo, thank God, Phoenix. That nigga was happy for that white owner." That said, "Thank you, sorry. We don't got to oh, talk about man. the cowboys. We got to talk about my man, my man biting on. Oh yeah, he's the best corner. Yeah, we figured this nigga out. He bites on everything. Just double move him all game. Just double move him all game. Cornerback yeah. sucks, bro. Yeah, we talk about that. We'll get into that next week, or, or maybe not. Maybe so. I'm not sure." <laughs> <laughs> but definitely before we get out of here 
before we get out of here, I want to um, say, you know, we're going to be on that kickback at this Friday, 12 p.m. Central to 1 p.m., uh, 1 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Every Friday episode dropping, this episode dropping. I need y'all to tune in. I need y'all to download that app. And then right after that, we dropping it on all um, streaming platforms. Um, so definitely, if you don't catch it live, which I appreciate if y'all do, support that black business, support us. Um, they catch us on these streaming platforms. But definitely, listen, we had a great time today. Um, do you got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, y'all, you know, man, just have a great weekend. Catch us on that kickback. Please get on that kickback. Go on that kickback. Listen to us live every Friday. And you know what? I'm going to see you next time. Because I need to find me a way. Definitely. Psych! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Definitely, man. Definitely not going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, as I always say, man, talk to me nice. Talk to me politely, but definitely talk to me. I'm going to talk to y'all next week. We out of here, you all right? It's your main man, D-Dot. Peace. Hey yo, you love the way I rap black, step at that. But we have a gun to chest chat, respect that. Any girl I met that, hit that. Love the way I spit that. Hound kick that, push the rig back, bitch, shit snap, get your ribs cracked. Got a front habit, kick that, get that, sit back, school shit, skip that. Learn how to flip pack for the big stacks and the big act. Now I got the big ass, click black, uh, since day one. Been in a ditch, came with a snitch. Now I'm in the pen in the mix. Friends sending me flicks, girls sending me kicks. Been in some shit, had to tap a chin with a fist. Put the bang out and blew him, began with a stick. And with a kiss, you know, so I blend in the mist. Now they don't go by, I ain't bending the chick. Eight and a half on the dope, ex Dominican rich. Winning the rich, eating on cinnamon grits. Grinning and shit, how a nigga spinning the six. See, they all say he 12, but